Everything that you're watching with the Penguins, everything that you're hoping for moving forward, doesn't matter. It's immaterial. Unless Evgeny Malkin wakes up. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. The Penguins were 2 to nothing losers to the Islanders yesterday in Uniondale, New York. And that in and of itself isn't troublesome or worrisome, uh, at least not to me. They just went through a stretch where they played nothing but Capitals and Islanders, a couple of teams that really try to pack it in defensively, and they emerged from that 10-game stretch. That's right, 10 games against two teams with a 6-4 and four record. That's pretty good. They also had some other positives emerge from that stretch. Uh, they looked more cohesive up front. They continued to compensate for injuries on the blue line, and more important than any of that, Tristan Jari stepped forward to give them the kind of goaltending they'd expected all along. Casey DeSmith finally made a start yesterday, and he did okay. It just didn't matter. They, they didn't have any gas. They didn't have any zip, and that happens. The game itself is not my focus here when it comes to Geno. It's the whole season. It's the whole season. There's nothing happening for him. There's the occasional goal there's the occasional nice pass, but with someone who's got the kind of talent that should have you ranked among the top 100 players to ever play the game, those things can be, and I think they are in this case, happenstance. Because when you're looking at his overall body of work, and I put work in gigantic Seinfeldian quotes, He's got four goals and eight assists in 20 games. Did you know that? Did you look at his numbers, or did you just think he's not having a good year? Those are his numbers. Four goals and eight assists in 20 games. He is the fifth leading scorer on this hockey team. Fifth. One point ahead of Teddy Bluger. Two points ahead of Kasperi Kapanen, who joined up late. He's also got, meaning Gino does, a team worst minus eight rating. And I'm not a super big plus minus fan, except when it's in bulk quantities. Then the number actually matters. If it's short short span, if it's a single game or something, eh. But minus eight is minus eight. Here's another one. Three power play points. That's points in 20 games. Not goals. If he had three power play goals in 20 games, we'd be wondering what's wrong. Three power play points in 20 games for a guy who plays first unit and stays out for like a minute and a half or longer. This is what we're talking about here. This is this is issue number one with this hockey team. Let's not pretend that it's anything else anymore. There were concerns about the goaltending. There were concerns about the injuries. 
There were concerns about the chemistry of certain lines, and, and there still are some things that are out there. The team is far from perfect aside from Gino. But he's it. He's he's the thing. He's the the thing. I can't even I've been thinking so much about this subject over the course of this season and talking so much about it. I'm actually running out of words for it because it's not getting any better. You can tell yourself that after he has a nice goal or something like that, but it's not getting any better. All you have to do is watch him. Watch him away from the puck. Actually, watch him with the puck. Watch how easily it's taken away from him. Watch how he can't collect a pass that's in his feet anymore. How little he tries in so many situations. And yet, and yet, what's your solution? What do you actually do about this? This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. So one thing you can do to try to revive, reignite, resurrect Evgeny Malkin would be, you know, sit him down, talk to him, yell at him, whatever. Yelling at him doesn't work, but I just threw that in anyway in case people had that as one of their options. It just doesn't do anything at all. He doesn't even hear it. If anything, it makes him worse. So you sit down and you talk to him, and and heck, if you want to know how that'll go, all you have to do is hear what he had to say to us after the game last night. I know it's close. Everything is like uh, every game I have a chance to score, but every game like uh, we have a chance to score, but uh, my line too, you know. But again, like uh, still need work, and uh, I hope it's uh, lock it back and a uh, couple goals and like help team to win. Like again, like. Again, I'm not happy to my game right now, but it's it's coming, I feel it. Not exactly in denial, is he? I mean, he knows. He knows. This is a guy who's been either the best or one of the best players on the rink most of his life. Life. Not just his in, a, in his NHL career. His entire life. He knows where he's supposed to be, and it's not one point ahead of Teddy Bluger in the scoring race. He's supposed to be a special talent, a tier above. And he's not those things. And he is a prideful individual. And I know it doesn't look like it at times on the rink because he does this pouty-looking thing. He has this bad body language when he gets upset with himself. And then the thing snowballs. Well, I don't know that you can do anything about that. That has to come from him. That You can't pin that on Mike Sullivan or any assistant coach or any of his teammates who, who might be leader types that would talk to him or whatever. You can't. That has to come from within. If you're still questioning after a decade and a half of watching Malkin play hockey here in Pittsburgh at an extraordinary level for the most part, whether or not he cares, 
then you're nuts. That's not, that's not it. That's not the issue. The issue is how to snap him out of this perpetual malaise. Or, or to presume that it's not a malaise that's mental in any way. I've put forth previously, and I'll reiterate it now, that I've heard from people within the Penguins that he showed up at training camp not in NHL game shape. Sometimes when people hear someone's not in shape, they picture that they show up like 10, 12 pounds overweight, that they were pigging out on nachos or whatever. And that's not, that's not what this is referencing here. There's a difference between showing up and having done some exercises. And then there's a very different level of showing up at age 34. At age 34, off of a strange pandemic year, that's seen you break pretty much every routine, and then just thinking, I'll get it going in camp. And then camp is super short, and then there's no exhibition season, and then pow, two games in Philadelphia, just like that. 56 games in three and a half months, just like that. All divisional opponents right in your face, relentlessly. If you didn't show up, for that training camp in optimal shape relative to your age, then this is what happens. This is what happens. And if you say, well, it's been 20 games now. He's had a lot of games to get in shape. Ask any big league athlete about trying to catch up with conditioning in midseason. It's close to impossible You never, ever, ever get right. You can't do the things that you want to do, that you need to do in the offseason. You can't. There's very, very specific forms of training that you can't exhaust yourself with in season or you won't have time for the next game. Yes, he's looked a little bit better on his skates, I'd say, in the past couple of weeks than he had previously but not that much. So what do you do? Again, I keep coming back to that question. What do you do if you're Mike Sullivan? Do you give him like a week off? Do you say, hey, here's our strength and conditioning coach. We're going to play these three games against the Flyers, and you just sit the week out. You guys go and do, I don't know, calisthenics, skating, uh, super specific twitch muscle drills, this and that, and then you come back just flying for the rest of the stretch? I mean, that would be pretty draconian. But at this point, I'm not ready to rule anything out because here comes March. Today is the first day of March. The Penguins have 17 games to play this month. Did you know that? 17 games this month alone. If we think he's gotten worn down by 10 mostly spread out games this month against the Islanders and Capitals, picture what he'll look like at the end of March. I don't have an answer here. I know everybody wants to talk about trade him this, trade him that. It's not going to happen. It's just not. Something like that is so big that it's not an in-season thing, let alone an in-shortened season thing. Plus, you're trading a guy at lowest possible value, which is a really, really bad way to do business. If anything, if you'd made up your mind to trade Evgeny Malkin, you would do so only after there was visual evidence that, oh, wow, he can still be Evgeny Malkin in this league. That's when you do that. You don't do it now. 
you'd only be hurting the franchise for years to come. Man, good luck with this one. I have no idea. None whatsoever. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. And today's Just One Question comes from David Thomas, who asks, what kind of return would Marcus Pedersen bring, and would you trade him? Fourth liner that has some speed, grit, and size? Well, that's setting the bar awfully low, David. This is a this is a top six, arguably a top four defenseman in the National Hockey League who's only 24 years old, uh, with a great head on his shoulders, he doesn't miss hockey games. He's, for a dude who's really skinny, uh, remarkably uh, resilient in terms of his uh, ability to just show up day after day after day. Uh, not only does he not miss games, he doesn't miss practices, he doesn't miss anything. Uh, GMs really value that. They also value the the headiness that he has. Uh, this is a guy I could see being... Not, I wouldn't say a captain on a team, but I would say he could he could be the leader, uh, meaning, again, the strategic mental leader uh, of a team's defense, uh, kind of the way we've seen in the recent past from Brian Dumoulin before that, Ben Lovejoy, uh, guys like that. They come with real value. Yeah, he can also go to both ends. So, I mean, you're, I don't know why you'd be I'm glad you're not the GM, David. Let's put it that way. <laughs> to be giving him away for some fourth liner, that doesn't make sense. But, but, would I trade him? I would consider it. And here's why. Not because he's having a rough stretch. To repeat from the first segment, you do not trade players when they're doing poorly. Trades are not punitive. You trade players when they're going well. You trade them when they're at their hottest. That's how you get a real good return. The thing is, you have to make up your mind beforehand, this is the player we'd like to move, and then you got to kind of stick by your guns. Pedersen is going to be part of a group of left-handed defensemen that will run, what, five deep? Once Dumoulin is back? Because you're also talking about Mike Matheson over there, Yuso Ricola, and Pierre Olivier Joseph. That's a that's a lot of guys. Uh, do you want to keep Pedersen? You know he's got a contract on him now. I I don't mind the contract at all. It's 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 four years of, at four per. Uh, I think that's a manageable amount for a good solid top four NHL defenseman. But if you can get something for him then that puts him in elite company on the Penguins because Ron Hextall has very, very few pieces to give up, if you think about it. 
Hextall is not the guy to be sending draft picks out. You will not see that happen under him. He is not Jim Rutherford. He believes in building through the draft. He believes in sticking by his draft picks and working that way, kind of like what he did in Philadelphia. He kept Claude Giroux. He kept Jakub Voracek. But he kept his draft picks, too. And then all of a sudden, now you see Giroux and Voracek don't exactly look like such old men because they're surrounded by kids. That's what he believes in. But he doesn't have much else to give up. He just doesn't. So with five left-handed defensemen, you're very likely looking at sending one of those guys out. And if you think about it, if you're going to get something in value in return, then it's going to have to be somebody who's making some money. Because you don't have any cap space. So you got to send cap space out, or cap hit out, to create cap space for whatever you get back. So Pedersen looks like a guy uh, who'd possibly be that piece. Maybe it's Dumoulin, but then Dumoulin's coming off an injury that's you know already cost him close to half of this season, and that could put some question marks over him for a team that's looking to add right away and doesn't want to get somebody who might get re-injured in a second. So, yeah, that's my answer. That's my answer. I would, but not necessarily. Thanks for the question, David. That's good stuff. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow. At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career-ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.